Welcome to the End Times Podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, and I will be your host today. We've taken ourselves now to, I guess, what would be the darkest days of history to come. Right. And that is when um, Antichrist, empowered by Satan, partnered by the false prophet, find themselves at uh, the ultimate control of the, of the world. Right. They, they, they dominate the world. Billions of people now are oppressed mm-hmm. by their activity. Right. Something's got to happen here. Right. What happens? Well, the first thing that happens is the Antichrist is now in control and he can ultimately finally do what he wants to do. He's going to march against Israel and wipe them off of the earth. What um, the uh, former president of Iran said he wanted to do, the Antichrist will now determine to do. He will march Ahmed with Ahmadinejad. Yeah, right. Yeah. He will march toward. He will march toward Israel, and then all of a sudden he'll begin to start hearing things that are happening. Mm. Other armies are coming toward him from the north, from the south. Uh, Eastern armies coming across the Euphrates River, and he has to stop for a moment and try to deal with that. Well, he does, and to, to kind of. Fast forward as quickly as we can, all of a sudden, all of these armies are together and there is a new opponent that they weren't apparently aware of. The Lord Jesus Christ comes back Mm. and these enemies that were fighting each other now have a common opponent. So they all come together to fight against Jesus Christ in what we call the Battle of Armageddon. I've seen where that's going to take place in Israel. It's the most marvelous battlefield you've ever seen. But all of a sudden, all these armies are together and Jesus Christ comes back. And so the Antichrist leads the armies of the world against Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that Christ comes back with his holy ones and with all the angels. And Christ, by the breath of his mouth, I tell our people when I preach this, he goes, and all the rebellious people of the earth are destroyed. And it's such a great destruction that the 19th chapter of Revelation says, God has to summon the birds of the air from all over the earth to come and clean up the carnage that's created. In fact, I tell everybody that in the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, there's two suppers. There's the marriage supper of the lamb, where all God's people are invited to come after the rapture. And And there's the supper of God. You want to make sure you get to the right supper. That's right. Because if you get to the supper of God, you are the supper. Oh. Yeah, because that's what happens. The people who are destroyed, the carnage is so awful. And I can't even imagine this. All of the birds of the whole world are are invited by Almighty God to come. It makes the small, uh, the old Hitchcock movie seem oh, yeah, small yeah, in comparison. You got it right. David, uh, is this... Is that scene there at Armageddon, is that what we refer to as the apocalypse? Is that that apocalyptic that, moment? What, that that's right. That's when Jesus it. Christ is finally ultimately revealed to the whole. That's the apocalypse, the revealing of Jesus. All right. So Jesus comes, destroys uh, Antichrist, takes down, the, uh, uh, takes down the weaponry, takes away all the allies, everything, the coalitions all fall apart. What happens then next according to the Word of God? All, all of those who have rebelled against the Lord are destroyed. The only people left on this earth are people who are believers in Christ or followers of Christ. Right. The, um, 
the carnage is cleaned up and Jesus Christ comes and he sets up his kingdom on this earth. It's called the millennium, which is a word which is easy to remember. It's made out of two words, mill, which means a thousand, and annum, which means year. So right. the millennium is a thousand years. Jesus Christ sets up his kingdom on this earth and all those who are followers of him are there. And the Bible says those of us who lived and uh, were raptured will be with him and will help him administrate what goes on during the millennium and King David will be his vice regent. Wow. And it's going to be, that's one of my favorite chapters because everything that was in Eden and was destroyed by the fall now comes back and, and it's even better. You, you describe in the final <clears throat> chapters of the book, Jesus as a victor right. coming in and as you say, yeah. and, and the enemies are destroyed. Then we see this millennial reign of Jesus yeah. Christ, a thousand years. Right. And, uh, the, and, and, and then you, 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 so you call that, that Jesus as the king. But then there is the biblical revelation right. Right. of Jesus Christ, the judge. Right. And uh, there, is a, there, there are several judgments in the Bible, but this one you refer to, is it the great white throne right. judgment? Yeah, and th let me just try to put this in perspective for all of our viewers and, sure. and for, for myself and all of us. There's a number of judgments in the Bible. You know, all of our sin was judged at the cross, right. and and then uh, we're we're supposed to judge ourselves that we be not judged. After the rapture, there's what we call the the bema seat or the uh, seat judgment Christ. seat of Christ. Right. At that at that judgment, there will be no unbelievers. At the judgment seat of Christ, only those who have been raptured and gone to heaven. They will be judged not for their sin, but they'll be judged for the works done in the flesh, whether good or evil. In other words, it will be more like, uh, it won't be because they've sinned and heaven is in, in jeopardy, but they'll be judged according to what they've done. And, and, and that's a pretty serious thing. That's the believer's judgment. That's the believer's judgment. Right. Only believers at that judgment. Right. Then we have uh, seven years of tribulation followed by the, 100, by the uh, millennium. And at the end of the millennium, there's what the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. Just as there are no unbelievers at the judgment seat of Christ, there are no believers at the great white throne. All wow. unbelievers of all time will stand before the judge of all the earth and give an account oh. of themselves. And the Bible says, and the books will be opened and they will be judged out of the books. And the books aren't listed in the book of Revelation, but if you read the scripture carefully, you begin to pick up on some of them. Uh, there's, there's the book of their life, what they did with their life, right. their words, right. their conscience. But the most important book is the book of life. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, and if their name is not found written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, they will be cast into the lake of fire and, and suffer forever and ever. So there is the future of ones who do not know Christ. Right. What about the future of Satan, uh, this horrible, terrible, harassing, mm -hmm. accusing creature? Well, let me tell you about Satan and his and his buddies. At the end of the tribulation, at the at the Battle of Armageddon, the false prophet and the beast are cast into Hades. That's what the Bible says, right? I'm just I'm just telling you what the scripture sure. says right there. Sure. Then a thousand years happens. Satan's still there. He's bound, but he's not been cast into the lake of fire yet. Yeah. At the end of the of, of the millennium, the Bible says he joins his two buddies in the lake of fire. They actually are in hell for a thousand years before he is, and they become the first inhabitants of hell. And the Bible says those who have rejected Christ and have followed Satan in his ways, who have taken the mark of, 
of the beast in order that they might escape the judgment, they will be cast into that lake of fire along with Satan and the false prophet and the beast. And that's a very uh, uncomfortable thing for people to say. But I like to remind everybody that if God did not do that, he couldn't be God. If God could passively stand by and watch the evil that we're beginning to see even in our world today and do nothing, he would disqualify himself as the God of the earth. He must do right. And even though we we know he does right with love and mercy and justice, he also does right with judgment. And at the end, his judgment will be poured out. Then what happens? Then the Bible says... This is is just momentous. It's just breathtaking. The Bible says that the kingdom of our of our Lord will be delivered unto the Father. The, the whole, if you read the, the stories, and Dwight Pentecost says there's more in the Bible about the millennium than any other subject in prophecy. If you read all of the Old and New Testament scriptures about the millennium and the, and the beauty of it, and yeah. I think in my chapter I have like 10 or 11 characteristics of the millennium. People live to be old. They have children uh, when they're 100 years old and there's no death and there's no sickness. And the millennium is just this pristine thing that in in the back of our mind we we look for. That's just going to be extended for eternity and it's called heaven. So the kingdoms of this earth will be delivered to the Father and become the kingdoms of heaven. And the millennium will just expand into what we know as eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what most people don't know, it's really going to take place here on this earth. Heaven is going to be the rebuilt, restructured, rejuvenated earth that's been cleansed. Through the millennium. In the millennium. And then heaven will come down and we will be... There's a lot about that that's really interesting, including including the holy city, which seems to be a city that floats up and down. And, you know, again, I told these dramas, and then I backed them up with scripture because if you read the dramas, you think, where did that come from? And then you read the scripture. And what most people have told me as a result of doing what we've done with the fictional thing and then the doctrinal thing, here's what they say, and I love this. I get it. I finally got it. I got it. I understand it. Something about what happens when you engage the imagination and then you engage the mind brings truth together and makes it easier to understand. And if, you're, if your role as a teacher is to help people learn, I think we might have hit on something here. Know, it's pretty a, exciting. It's a masterful work, and uh, we're, we're profoundly grateful for the time. Before you go, when we think of all of these, this is a tough segment today mm-hmm. to talk about a lot of blood and gore and yeah. judgment and right. wrath and lake of fire. I want to go back to that, uh, to that passage when, uh, when we heard that when you see all this become to pass, when you see all this come to pass, mm-hmm. what, what should we do as Christ right. followers? Can you, right. can you end us on the blessed hope Absolutely. That is the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ and how important it is to, to know him. Can you, can you well, finish there? That's where it finishes. And, and the Bible says in, in the, at the end of the book, uh, you're blessed then. You, you know who, who Jesus is. You know what he's done. You know where he's, uh, where he's going with all of this. And when he comes back, you will be with him. You will go up to meet him at the rapture if you're still alive on this earth. And yeah. you will come back with him. Uh, in the second advent and you will reign with him for a thousand years on this earth and he will show people what it's supposed to be like and then forever and ever you'll be with him in heaven. Here's the thing about that. 
all of the good things that God has prepared for those who love him, which take place at the end of this book and forever, all of those things are only available to people who make their reservations ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody says, I heard well somebody said. say the other day, you know, well, I'm going to wait and see if the rapture happens, and then if it does, I'll get saved during the tribulation. And Well, the Bible says you probably won't do that because mm-hmm. you're going to be sent a strong mm-hmm. uh, delusion and you won't believe. Mm-hmm. Here's, you know, if we can just get down to the very most basic thing, you write a book on the Revelation for one reason, if you're like me, you want to go to heaven and take as many people with you as you can. Amen. God has a plan, and it's laid out for us in the Scriptures. Some of it is dark. But in every dark place, there's always a parenthesis of his grace and mercy. God never leaves us without a witness, even during the tribulation. He sends 144,000 people and two mega witnesses to this dark earth because of his love and, and his compassion for people. If you don't get to heaven, it won't be because God doesn't want you there. He's done everything he knows how to do, everything that can be done, including giving his own begotten son to pay the penalty for your sin and mine. So when you stand before the Lord someday and he says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? I hope you'll be prepared to say, because I received your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as my savior and my substitute, and he has promised me the gift of eternal life. And if you haven't done that, wherever you are as you watch this and listen to this, the whole purpose of this is not to make you smarter about Revelation, but to help you know that God loves you, that Christ died for you, that he paid a way for you to go to heaven. And you have to make your reservation in the here and now because after you die, it will be too late. Is it appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. Thank you for joining us on the End Times Podcast. Until next time, 